Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your freak flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you haven't followed the Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous. If you haven't followed my show on the podcast app that you're listening to, make sure to follow my show. If you love my show, give me a five-star review. That always helps. If you want to be on the show, this is called Strictly Anonymous because people remain anonymous because I change everybody's voices. I change everybody's names. You could call me from a phony number and phony email. I just want to hear your true story. If you want to be on the show, go to strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. If you want to call in and just leave like a naughty confession, I have a confessions hotline. That number is 347-420-3579. It's 347-420-3579. Um, now, if you want to see anonymous pics of all of my guests, plus naughty pics of my guests, I have a Discord channel now on my Patreon. You should sign up for my Patreon because uh, there's a lot of stuff going on there. You see anonymous pics of mostly all of my guests, R-rated, sexy stuff. Uh, all the girls send in pics and then I have a discord channel attached that people are going on and posting stuff themselves and it's a little bit more x-rated on there so if you're interested in joining my patreon there's a lot of extra stuff over there going down it's only five dollars a month you could cancel at any time it's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast the links to everything and all the information I just gave you is also in the description. Now, today I have on Sienna. Now, when Sienna DM'd me on uh, Instagram, she like left me a voice message and was like, my friend's telling me I should be on your show that I'll give you a crazy, you know, story. My life's so crazy. And I looked at her pictures and I'm like, okay, she looks like she's a stripper. She's very curvaceous. She's hot. She looks super young. I'm like, okay, do you think you could fill up an hour? She's like, yeah. And then, you know, when it came close to the time that we we're going to talk, I was like, oh no, like what if this girl has nothing to talk about? Like I just should make sure, you know? And I'm like, can you just give me like some bullets? And she's like, oh yeah, I happen to be trans and I transitioned and I have surgery. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, because listen, when you see Sienna's Instagram and see the pictures that I saw, I mean, and she's fully transitioned. She had bottom surgery, um, but you cannot tell that she's trans. I can, and I guess it's because she is fully transitioned, but I had no clue. And she was like, oh yeah, not only am I trans, I fucked a lot of guys and didn't tell them. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be a crazy story. But it's actually, and it is kind of crazy, but it's super interesting as well because Sienna is here to tell her transition story. She was born a male. She never felt like a guy. One of her earliest memories was of trying to cut her penis off. Like as a very young kid, she didn't understand what that was there for. She always wanted to be a female. She knew who she was going to be when she was a grown up. And it wasn't a dude. It was like a woman with a baby. Uh, her parents were very against her wanting to be a female early on when she expressed herself and her feminine side they were very against it especially her mother 
Uh, she dealt with a lot of trauma in her family. Eventually, I think she was around 17, she started to go on hormones. She did all of this even though she was facing losing her family and stuff, her mother was very uh, abusive. They're not accepting of her lifestyle. Also her religion, she's Greek Orthodox. They were very against it. So she was up against a lot, uh, but she never diverted from her plan, even though you know it was very difficult for her. She did eventually at 17, go on hormones. She changed and transitioned very fast. She said like literally like in a week of taking her estrogen, she was like, I was, she was growing boobs, you know? <laughs> so the hormones worked and then she got bottom surgery and she talks all about that, about her orgasms and how it all works now. And then she eventually did started dancing and, you know, she has gone through phases where she hasn't told partners uh, that she is a trans woman so she's fucked some guys and told them after. She talks about how they reacted. She talks about why she doesn't do that anymore. And she does put it out there now uh, from day one. She did start an OnlyFans. She has that. She gives that out at the end. Uh, I will put the link, her link tree in the description. She's also documented her whole transition uh, over on TikTok. That was like her savior at a certain time because she had no one else to talk to. She was very alone. Um... So you're going to want to see her. I get her to give out her Instagram early on because I think you want to see how she looks while she's talking right off the bat. So her Instagram is Sienna Catharios, S-I-E-N-N-A-K-A-T-H-A-R-I-O-S. The link is in the description. Click on it. Look her up. You're going to want to see her. She looks fucking good. She sounds like Kim Kardashian, okay, like all the other young girls. <laughs> But anyway, you're going to find her story super interesting. I'm going to be right back on with Sienna. This is the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Oh, hi, Sienna. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. How are you, Sienna? I'm good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I am so excited to talk to you. <laughs> because Honestly, I wanted to come here and I was like, oh my God, my friend told me about it. And I was like, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fucking interesting. Because A, I was telling you while we were like trying to get the sound right. I'm like, you said exactly like Kim Kardashian. It is this really interesting thing that all you young people in this generation that watch <laughs> the Kardashians, you all talk exactly like her. But I have to say... I like dig it. Anyway, this is what's really? fascinating about you. The fact that not the fact that you sound exactly like Kim Kardashian, because everybody in your age range does. <laughs> it's the fact that you found me on Instagram, right? And you just text me like, oh, my God, my friends like, no, you didn't even text me. You like sent me voice messages like, oh, my God, <laughs> my friend's telling me I got to come on your show. Like, hilarious. Mm -hmm. I'm going to like, I have a crazy life. And I'm like, what's so crazy? Like, you look like, you know, maybe you're a stripper, you're a dancer. You know, I saw your mm -hmm. picture straight up. You got the big booty like Kim Kardashian. Every, you got all that <laughs> shit going down. And then you're like, oh, don't worry. I could fill it up. And then I'm like, give me some details. And you were like, oh, yeah, I happen to be transgender. And uh, <laughs> most of these guys don't fucking know. And you have a whole story. And let me tell you, I would have never guessed that or knew that you were trans from seeing your pictures on Instagram. No fucking way. So I get how you are pulling the wool off over so many people's eyes, right? I mean, you don't have to tell people. No, exactly. That's the thing what people don't understand. I think it's just like, they don't get the like, at the end of the day, I am a girl. Yes, I had a more complicated story, but 
it is it is very controversial, especially in the U.S. right now. Yeah. I'm Canadian, so at least we have that going on. But in the U.S., that's all people like seem to talk about in politics, and it's literally hurting my brain. I had a phase in my life where I was like, I'm not going to tell anybody. But the thing is, from the beginning of my transition, I started documenting it on TikTok. Oh, you did? Did you get a big following? Yeah, it's like I live in Montreal and it's kind of like people kind of know me. Like I walked on the street, they're like, are you Sienna from TikTok? That's the funniest thing ever. Oh, I love that. You know who I was supposed to have on is Buck Angel. You know Buck Angel, Oh my God, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Not the most positive voice, but like. Yes, it's controversial, right? I thought it's like a very extreme (laughs) side of things. But what I love about you is like you Mm -hmm. are, I'm going to give out your Instagram right now because I want people to fucking see you while you're talking and get the picture now right because they Mm -hmm. really have to see like you really just you look like a female I though really want to you are a female right you transition fully correct fully custom punani and everything oh my god I love it all right so you are Sienna Catharios you're Greek there we go I'm Greek 100% from what I'm aware of okay good all right so Sienna Catharios is spelled C-M-S-I-E-N-N-A-K-A-T-H-A-R-I-O-S so I want your whole fucking story Sienna I want it from you know when you were really younger and felt like you were a woman Uh and then you know how you came out to your parents how you transitioned all of it you're gonna you're gonna like be mind blown. No, I know. And then I want the story of you like stripping now and like being with these guys and they have no idea. Like that's a whole other story. So tell that's a whole the- other story. Yeah, but I need to get it all. So tell me the beginning. You need to understand exactly. You need the context first. So yeah. The thing is, I growing up, I well being Greek, it's very conservative usually in the community. Plus, in Montreal, the Greek community is very. Once again, traditional, conservative. Basically, my parents, they brought me up extremely, extremely traditionally. Right. So the Greek presence was heavy in my life. Mm -hmm. And growing up, I was, I have two brothers. I have a twin brother. We're fraternal twins. But um, it's kind of crazy because people were always like, oh, you guys look nothing alike. You sound nothing alike. You dress nothing alike. You're completely two different people. How are you twins? And it was the funniest thing ever. And um, we were already so different now. It's like you look at us and it's like a whole 180, no doubt. Like he has a beard. He's like six feet. Like it's completely different for me. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. did. We did take those jeans. But um, at the end of the day, like um, growing up in the Greek community, I didn't know how to navigate who I was. Yeah. I felt mm-hmm. gender dysphoria from a really young age. I didn't know how to like feel about myself. I felt weird and I had no like um let's say there wasn't any visibility of trans people and so I didn't even know trans people existed I just knew that my parents sometimes they would say like oh these people dressing up and in my head it was already like a very shunned upon topic because the way it was described it was very negative very and I was like what the hell like these people are weird but then at the same time even before I knew what trans meant I didn't know I was trans. I just knew I was a girl because all I felt inside of me was like anything in regards to masculinity, anything that even remotely associated to manhood or mm-hmm. what what we would, I was completely not just, you know, unfamiliar or like uncomfortable. It was like a complete disgust. Like it was like a whole other side of the spectrum. I was like, I, I felt like repulsed by it. Just like, I oh, interesting. I felt like it didn't represent me in any sort of way. And then the moment 
for societal acceptance where my parents would dress me and my brother up and everything and they pushed us into this circle I was very uncomfortable every time they would put on like a dress shirt to go to church I would rip it off like I would throw tantrums did you have sisters I don't that's the thing okay so you didn't have any like sister clothes to go and like try anything on or anything what is like your earliest memory of knowing all of this like do you remember my earliest memory I think is at four where Mm -hmm. I remember I was in the washroom I had purple you know like the scissors the arts and crafts ones Mm mm-hmm yeah, and I placed them around. Yeah, like <laughs> you what? I placed the scissors around something very um. Yeah, which could have been very detrimental. So. Oh, you and were like I, trying to cut your dick off. There we go. Yeah, she was about to like let the princess wand like slap onto the floor. <laughs> oh my god, this was when you were four. Like you were like, get this. Like, was, what is this thing hanging off of me? It doesn't belong. Exactly, and it wasn't even like it wasn't. Even, it wasn't even like a sort of like thought to like hurt myself. It yeah, was literally yeah. just, I don't want this on me. Like this isn't supposed to be here. Wow. And before I even knew that, like I, I remember like around that age, I asked my mom, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, do girls have penises too? She was like, she was like, uh, yeah. And then I was like, Oh, well, whatever. So I grew up and then she said, yes. She told you that girls had penises too. She didn't want to like break it to me or like have to explain the whole like anatomy. So oh, she was parents like, parents yeah, are yeah, so whatever. ridiculous with their children. Okay, go on. Literally. And then, and then I, I think a year later, they're like, no, they have holes. I was like, okay, holes. So why don't I have one like in my head? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was just going crazy. So then it got even worse and worse with time. Then I started have like being forced to take be taken to the barbershops and everything. That was a whole other trauma. Why? Because like, you wanted your hair long? Yeah, now it's like almost like to my hips. It's like long, black, like thick, full, like super happy with my genetics. But at the same time growing up, like I didn't have that opportunity. And I was like so envious. Like I would literally tug on other girls' hair. I would like chase them around because I like I would walk behind them. I wanted to be a girl so badly physically that I literally would only hang out with girls, any girl toys, like Barbies. I would always like play with their hair and I would be so jealous and it was like such a gender envy that my parents, the way they wanted to like reconstruct that image, because look, they didn't have a choice. They, yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, she loves girls. She's addicted to them. She chases them around everywhere. They're thinking you're like a future womanizer. <laughs> there we go. Like... They were like literally yeah. completely, they were completely reversing the image in people's eyes. Oh they were like, they're like, he's going to be such a heartbreaker. In my head, I'm like, what the hell? Like, I just want to be like this, you know? And But it was very shunned upon, like very like early. Like it was just very negative, that whole idea. Even of when course. I would do the slightest remarks of femininity or like feminine desires to like my family, it was like side eye. Like I would be like, oh, I want to grow my hair. They're like, like what? And like, in my head, I'm like out here trying to pull a picture of Winx Club and, and Bakugan, like all these like little things. And I show them like the girl character. I'm like, yeah, like that, but like on a boy. They're looking at me like, hmm. And then you did say that you weren't into any kind of boy things. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast 
at gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Honestly, on my end, like, yeah. sometimes, sometimes the thing is, like, girls can be interested in, like, of course. soccer and mm-hmm. hockey and, like, obviously. But the thing is, on my end, it was disgustingly obvious because it was, like, so stereotypical to the bone from my favorite color. It started Pink. off as lilac. Oh, right. Like, literally lilac, like, pink like all princess colors and then it just went off directly from how long I want my hair the toys I would play with it would I would always gravitate towards like uh, the little toy animals the little Barbies like whenever I would go to my friend's house it would always be like let's play Barbie's dream house let's play mommy family (laughs) yeah you never wanted to like wrestle with your friends right well I like remember in primary like people would bully me so I wasn't afraid to kick their ass like literally but besides that wrestling never had a calling for me me was always like I was at my grandparents house with my brothers and I was like we're gonna play family yeah see that's so telling though because I gotta tell you as a mom I have a young son he's seven and you know you see things in your your children very early on and it's always crazy to me because I see in my boy and the other boys, most of the boys at the park, you know, you could tell that they're boys because they love to fucking wrestle. They're doing all these things that are just natural in them. You know, there's no one's telling them what to do. You know, they're expressing themselves naturally. And it's always like, it's very stereotypical. So if your kid is like doing the opposite, it's saying something. You see these things very early. The thing is though, like, I feel like it's selective and you choose what to see specifically because with my family with my mom it's like the moment she had me and my brother when she had us I remember this is like the story she would tell everybody when she first met them she was like oh yeah I have twins and when they came out of the womb um they told me I have two boys and I corrected them and I said no not boys men like so imagine this kind of person growing up how are you gonna tell this woman that you want to be a girl like when does that exactly how are you gonna tell this woman who in her head you're like the male the like dominant the womanizer how are you gonna be like oh by the way um my name is Sienna and I am gonna be a little princess like how do you tell her that Okay, so wait, so now you're, you become Sienna and you pick that name and everything before you even have that conversation with your parents? Like, how does that come about? So my story is interesting because growing up, I wanted to really please them. It was a lot of struggle for me internally. Yeah. And there was a lot of um, religious indoctrination. The amount of times I heard, oh, like people like this go to hell. And I was scared. Like I was scared. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you. It wasn't even like scared of like the church. It was literally just scared of hell, like scared of the afterlife. I I was like, because the way they were describing it was like mean. And I was like, I didn't want to be like associated to that in any way, shape or form. Yeah, that's scary. You're little. You don't understand. And being surrounded in the Greek community, like Mm -hmm. that's the narrative you're being told everywhere. Because in, in 
whether it's school, whether it's church, whether it's at home, whether it's with your grandparents, everyone is preaching the same kind of religious indoctrination and it's making you like fully buy into it. So with the moment you hear hell, you're like anything but hell. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're burned in eternity. Listen, I think unfortunately, most religions have some form of this, you know, and if your parents happen to be religious, people grow up in this kind of environment. It's really hard because listen, at that point that this is all happening and you're so confused and your parents are telling you these things, you're not a, a you don't have an adult brain. Like you can't make your own decisions. You know, they're exactly. sort of telling you the For way sure. things go and you believe it because you're a child. Like, how does it feel to you? Like when you're younger, like, do you feel it like, Oh, this is not right. I felt completely like foreign. Uh, my body felt foreign, even though like before puberty, it, I had less distress because I'm like, look, I'm a child. Like I'm going to grow up. Like in my head though, my growing up was, I never had the picture of I'm going to grow up, be a man, have a beard. Like in my head, I'm like, I'm going to grow up to be a mom. I'm going to grow up and I'm going to like have these like killer hips with his like jumbo ass and super <laughs> long hair. Like we made it happen for ourselves. But I mean, before that, my genitalia felt completely foreign to me. Um, the, and then I would start going into my mom since I didn't have a sister. I went to my mom's closet when she wasn't there and I would just try on her heels, walk around, go okay. into her makeup. Mm -hmm. I would literally just look at it and try and understand what's for what. Cause I never even knew when she was going to open the door and come in. So I was like ready to sprint to the other room, you yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. like Did you completely... ever get caught? I never got caught trying on makeup at an early age. It was mainly just like playing with my hair and like what I watch on TV and like, that kind of things at school or at birthday parties, I would always be with the girls. And it was like, but like at home, I was really, really good at like hiding it because I wanted to be praised and I wanted to be like loved. And I was a very attention seeking child, but at the same time, it was hard at home because like whenever we would have friends and family over, like I had to like play into this image for my mom because she would literally tell everyone like my three boys. And on top of it, me being like the little smart student, I would have also the reputation of having a hundreds all the time. So it's like when I bring home the hundreds and What's I like, have what are you talking good, about? Like in terms of grades. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I aced my exams. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't worry. I aced my exams. I come home. So for my mom, I'm like this golden child. So for this woman, why would I want to like disappoint her? So then growing up, I like kept this um, narrative of like, oh, I'm her little golden child. Like I need to keep this up. And I tried to suppress the femininity more and more growing up because mm -hmm. it started off with like haircuts and what I wear. And then like when girls wanted to wear tight things, I wanted to wear tight things. But then th when I started kind of growing up, I was like, no, baggy, I hate my body. I want to hide it completely from my eyes. Like I don't want to see it. Yeah. But at the same time, like growing up, I tried to like really, really suppress that. And then starting in primary, I was, I was able to like, I mean, balance it out with like who I would hang out with, how I would present at school, how I would talk, how I would walk, like who I would play with recess. There was never any soccer involved. You know, it was always like, we're going to play mommy and gossip and like, which boys are cute, you know? And that also with my sexuality, I was always into like mainly boys. And it was like really hard for me to like, hide that also because it's like when when a guy complimented me in class or like said something like a joke like I would always like blush and like oh then, 
But then the thing is, they would bully me and they would be like, oh, like, you know, and they would use slurs like fag really early. Like, wow. it was insane. And the thing is, I was like, no, no, never. Not me. Anyone but me. Like, literally, I would defend myself like as if they literally just, I don't know, killed my mom. Like, I was to that point, like, I will make sure nobody, nobody like finds out about me being feminine and a girl and, and even liking boys. So I completely... 180 like i was like no 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 but it was fucking obvious <laughs> like um well does your parent like so how does that conversation go my parents were like denial as hell my okay. mom worked crazy shifts like she would never be home almost i, I would see my grandparents more than my parents because they were the people we would go to after school usually what about your twin um, brother did he have any clue not growing up because I wouldn't hang out with him at school. We were always in different classes. So right. at school would be like where I would express myself and at home would be like where I oppressed myself. Okay. So get me and to that conversation with your mother or your parents. So basically or what everything started yeah. um, mid high school. Mm -hmm. um, I tried to convince everyone, including myself, that I wasn't a girl. I even had girlfriends that I would do nothing with. Like I would just text them and gossip. Like it yeah. was the funniest thing ever. But then after at uh, mid high school and high school I was suicidal like it, it was like really really bad wow and it's social media became my outlet it became my like um almost therapy so I would tell everybody everything that was going on in my life mm -hmm. and also with religion I was like oh like it was that point in my life where I was like look god I'm like I'm not gonna ask you to make me feel normal anymore because that was like the narrative that was going on every night I was crying myself to sleep I was trying to put away scissors like so I don't touch anything down there wow. and then it was basically just like please god make me feel like a boy then the one night I was like god just do your thing because I don't know if there's gonna be a tomorrow if you don't fix me and I remember the night after I don't know what the fuck happened and I like went to Sephora and I spent like 750 dollars <laughs> But, and I put on social media and I was like, you know what? I was like, um, my name is Sienna. I go by, and that was like the beginning. I didn't know how to like navigate it. So I was like, oh yeah, my pronouns are they, them. Ha ha ha. Like, and my parents, they were like, what the fuck? And I was like, and I like boys. Like that was like a one shot thing. That's so why you brought it up just the next day? Yeah. It was like on social media. I was like that bitch. There was no conversation with my parents. It was like on social media, this is happening. Um, and then my dad, he came home. He was like, what the fuck? He was like, this doesn't make sense. He's like, and even if you were gay, at least don't be feminine. I, in my head, I'm like, imagine I'm like, not only that I'm not gay, but I am a woman. It's like, how do I break to my dad that not only I'm not going to be this masculine gay boy, I'm going to be like this, like hyper feminine, like, transsexual girl like how do I tell him that yeah it's hardcore I once had um uh, the parent of somebody who transitioned uh and I thought it was such an interesting angle because I think for the parent it's hard as well because in a way they're like losing something and I think it's hard you know for anyone because they are I completely losing. understand that yeah. and I was never like oblivious to that yeah and that's the thing is like I was actually an understanding child I was blamed growing up for being anarchistic and all this stuff but I wasn't like even an anarchist it's just like take me to the barbershop and of course I'm gonna have a breakdown I'm fucking trans like put on a dress shirt of course I'm gonna have a breakdown I'm trans not because I want to create issues and arguments no you can't but help because it 
Exactly. Yeah. And, and I was like villainized. It was like, you were that problematic child who wanted the attention and then just backfired on us and told us. You midway. were acting out. You were acting out. Because, but this was all like happening before you were able to just really be honest with what exactly, you were feeling and anyone. who you wanted to be. Yeah. And that happens so then, to a lot of people that are confused about who they are. You know, 100% not just trans people. Totally. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then when you bring a trans person and you put them in these like a trans woman and you put a, a trans girl, like a child and you put her in all of these typically masculine environments and you don't expect her to have a breakdown like be fucking for real you know what I mean but they didn't have a hint and I understand what you mean when you say like for the parents it was hard too yeah of course but not as hard as you I mean like I I I don't think it's a comparison thing that's how it was in my head I I like wasn't even even able to do what you're doing and justify it like I always understood it yeah and I was always like comprehensive of their struggle but at the same time I was like I'm the child like I'm the one suffering through all of this like don't take this and like reverse it onto you like you know I'm going through this I'm a kid and I need support but at the same time my mom she was like never home and my dad, he would never talk to us about himself. So who, how the fuck am, is, am I like supposed to find the courage to open up to my mom who is barely ever home? Well, obviously she was trying to make it happen for us, which I understood like financially. But at the same time, like how am I supposed to feel comfortable to open up to you? Right. But you do wind up throwing it out on social media. Word gets back to your parents, correct? Right? Oh, like yeah. They find like out the and green then, community is okay. closed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. talks to everyone. Uh, yeah. So then what the fuck happens? What do so they say? So basically, um, they were like, what the hell? Um, then like the next few days, like they were trying to process it. We had conversations. They were like, they were like, I don't get it. Why don't you just like, we can bring you to church. And there were so many times I had like, almost conversion therapy like I was literally brought to priest and they were like they were like oh do you like anal I was like what the fuck so it was scary for me and and it was like very critical for me because the moment I like came to terms with it and fully accepted it um and that's like the moment I started having like a little bit of representation like Gigi Gorgeous and like Nikita Dragon I was like that's when I was like, okay, God, this is me. Like, so I literally harassed every fucking clinic in all of Montreal so I can have meetings with psychotherapists. Like, How um, old were you at the time? I was um, 17. Okay. And so this is your parents already know. Did they know that you wanted to transition? Were they forward against it? That's right before I told people that, no, I'm not non-binary. I'm a girl. Like, that's okay. like that's like me like fully coming to realization I like was harassing every clinic my GP my general practitioner like everyone 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 and within a month I don't know how but I managed to have like meetings with all of these different doctors all of these psychiatrists and I was like having hardcore meetings like time after time after time after like in a month I think I had minimum like 15 meetings with like different professionals Mm -hmm. and I was able to have access to hormones relatively fast because it was like an urgent thing. I was like, like borderline, like about to, about to take my life. So it was, it was, I, I made sure I had my So they meetings. like fast tracked you. They fast tracked me, but at the same time, it was very like, it wasn't just like, oh, you think you're trans? Here's hormones. No, yeah. I had my, I had my meetings. I had my therapy. I had my, like everything, everything, everything. Then um, that day where I had my appointment for my hormones, I go on social media and I'm like, oh, by the way, like I'm a girl. 
Um, I'm sorry I didn't tell you guys earlier, but it, I didn't feel like it was a safe space for me. Yeah. I am trans. My pronouns are she, her. And my name is Sienna. I am a, a female. How do you like, pick I'm, your I'm name? I'm on my road, too. Why Sienna? Um, so my dad name started with an S, and I'm a Scorpio. So I was like, there is no way we're going to leave the realm of S. I'm like, the <laughs> S has to stay. Yeah. I went online. I was like, okay, let's find names. There, it was between that, Serenity, and Nayla. And I was like, Serenity is too strippery. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, Nayla, that's cute, but like, doesn't feel right. Then I'm like, Sienna, double N. I'm like, 100%. I put on my social media, I'm like, one N or two N. People are like, two, obviously. I'm like, exactly. It's like, I was like, this is a confirmation. I'm like, Sienna, it is. Okay. So you, but so you go to these hormone doctors, you're doing all this. Now, does your parent, do your parents know about all this at this time? So my dad, he's like, oh, the general practitioner called us and told us. <laughs> that that he referred you to an endocrinologist like that was one of the doctors that i had seen and then and then he's like my dad is like why the fuck do you want to start hormones i was like well isn't obvious like i'm like i'm a girl like i my mental health is at stake like i want to take my life like i can't do this anymore yeah and i told him i'm like look i want you to be part of my life and i am willing to help you through the like transition period so you transition with me socially because yeah, like yeah, you yeah. said it's like That's for the important. parents too uh-huh. yeah but but his definition of me taking him along the way is me stalling my transition and right. i which wasn't I was an very, option which wasn't an option because it was that or like and I, I, I don't want to be a yeah. drama queen but it was that or yeah. death yeah and oh. people don't fully understand that but yeah. it was like such a struggle for me and like I was lucky. My male puberty was very, very slow. I started male puberty, I think, at like 16. And it was like super slow. I never had facial hair. Thank God. Like, all I remember is like these erections that made me want to like jump off a cliff. (laughs) Oh, that's so interesting because you are a girl, but you know what it feels like to have a dick and have an erection. It It was, was, yeah, it was like the weirdest (laughs) thing ever. And I was like, what the hell? But like, unlike my brother, like everything came super late for me. And I think god to this day i never suffered from facial hair like none of that none of that none of that at all so i'm like super grateful for that but i was like look i know that if i stall my transition these effects might probably come pretty soon so let's completely shut this down um and i told my dad i'm like i'm so sorry it's not because i don't love you but i need to prioritize myself and i'm gonna start hormones whether you like it or not i just if you want to be part of my life i'm willing to take you with me but my mom what she offered she's like no you should start testosterone so we can see whether you're actually a boy maybe you have hormonal defects which i did oh interesting she's thinking you don't have enough testosterone and that's why you're acting this way i had issues with my testosterone naturally but that's not why i felt female because i felt female even before puberty right like this is something i always knew like i was just lucky to naturally have low testosterone that's why when you said you didn't know i was trans like that played a big role in it like considering the fact that i transitioned at 17 but i never went through proper male puberty thank the lord let me ask you this because you know i think it's it i want i'm curious like in your world because listen buck angel is very anti like isn't his voice kind of like oh don't let children or young people transition because you don't really understand no a hundred percent right a hundred percent so as someone who transitioned at 17 is there a benefit to doing it at that age because you're you haven't fully gone through the uh, like male you, puberty, yeah, yeah, the male puberty yeah. is that is that a reason why some people want to do it 100%, earlier? I think children who are a hundred percent know that they are trans mm-hmm. and like not non-binary because that's like you know very like fluid 
in regards to identity. And I think it's very like, not invalid, but I will say like identity based, like trans is more like, you know, for medical. sure. You're the other. Exactly. Right. Yeah, okay. You're like, you're like other side of the, the spectrum completely. Like it's yeah. like a binary. And um, I feel like trans kids who know for sure and who go through the therapy, the moment they have like, um, let's say their first signs of sexual function, I feel like they can start like at least hormone blockers. Cause yes, there are cases where like Jazz Jennings, like she went through it before she had any signs of like um, sexual development, which stunted any form of like potential orgasms. But for me, like the moment I got my sexual like um, development even started, like, like, I mean, now, like, I have a vagina and it's, like, fully functional in terms of orgasms, in terms of self-lubrication, really? everything. So I'm, like, really grateful for that. And I feel like kids, the moment they have, like, their first signs of, like, sexual function and they're able to have, like, one orgasm, then I'm, like, go for it. Like, you know, now you're going to be on a good track. Right. And for somebody like you who felt this way when you were little, like, you never wavered on it. It wasn't like I, a phase. It was never, like, exactly. It yeah. was never a phase. It mm-hmm. was like, I mean, there was a lot of concealing and a lot of time trying to convince not only society, but especially myself, that it was like, oh, it's a phase, it's a phase. But yeah. that was only so temporary. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so when I came out, like, at my parents, I told them I'm starting to, like, hormones. And that was the time where, like, already, due to me ordering, like, like packages and packages of like girl clothes and wigs on Shein. Like it was like so funny, but it was like, it was excessive. And my parents, like they had already seen me sort of like go through the process of exploring my social femininity, like the way I dress, the way I look, me growing out my hair, makeup, all that. Like I would walk, walk down the stairs with mascara. They were like, Oh, who does this bitch think she is? You know? And, um, it was like, it was violent at home. There was police at our place every like two days. Why? And it was really sad because my mom like, um, didn't react well to it. So she would literally like throw my shit, break my shit, hit oh, me. And oh, then I, violence against I was, you. Against me. And it was also just like three, four hours of yelling a day. Like it was not like 20 minutes. No, it was like hours on end. But the thing is, I wanted my parents no, and I wanted my parents to understand. Like I really did. So I wasn't just the type to say "fuck you." I'm going in my room. Yeah, I was the type to sit there and argue until my throat. Literally, I scratched my vocal cords, and I used to bleed from them every night. I used to go to the sink and throw up blood. Wow, they were like completely scratched. Like they were like, like I there. I was feral. Like I, I did. There was no. I didn't even take breaks to go get water. I was like please, I want you to love me. I want to like fix this relationship. I was crying and it was like really sad, but I just wanted things to be good with my parents. So I like didn't give up at all. Obviously that was like pointless because from like the police, like I remember one time my mom, she hit me and then I literally pushed her and I'm like, I'm like, look, leave me the fuck alone. Like, I don't want to hurt you, but, uh, but bitch, Test my limits and I'll put you six feet on the ground. But I didn't mean I was going to kill this bitch. I just meant don't touch me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then she literally hits herself. She calls the police and tells them. They're like, she's like, oh, yeah, my daughter, I'm scared of her. She's going to kill me. So then the police, obviously, what do they do? They come to the door. They come talk to me. They're like, okay, but did you say the statement? I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm, I'm a child being abused. The fuck do you think I'm going to say? So... Then they're like, they're like, well, regardless, like this is something, you know, we have to test it. Your mom is saying she's scared. So we have, they dragged me in booty shorts in the winter in their car, which I'm claustrophobic. I was having a full on, that was my first panic attack, which now I have pretty regularly because of trauma, which is really sad. But 
And I was dragged to a psych ward where I sat seven hours there for them to tell me, why the fuck are you here, princess? You're doing great. And I was like, ask God, you know, like, you know, I've been going through this for the past five months of like consistent, like violence and mental abuse and right. verbal. And it was insane. And it was after they had found out that you're going on the hormones and everything, right? That's when everything exactly. took it up a notch. Could I just ask you real quick at this point though, do your parents accept you and do you talk to them and do you have a close relationship with them now? No. <laughs> oh, sad. How old are you now? Yeah. I'm 20. Oh, so it's only been three years. It's only been three years of medication. Okay. Surgery? Surgery. I've had two surgeries. I've had my bottom surgery, my vaginoplasty, and I've had a nose job very recently, and that's all. The rest is all natural. The rest is hormonal. Wow. So you grow breasts from the Yeah, like they're C-cups, and they're very, like, pretty and perky. So I'm really grateful, but hormones really did work on me and my body was very receptive to receptive to female puberty. So I feel like that was always like a give and tell like that my body, it was like what was meant for it to happen. Oh, but interesting because same, it just accepted it and did what it needed to do naturally. Like within I, the first week I wow. had breast development, which usually takes, usually takes minimum like two months. And me, it was like the first like week I have, I already had like breast development. I was like, there is no way. Wow. That's crazy. So tell me, walk me through all that. It's like fascinating to me. Like, you know, no, literally I started hormones two months after, well, the first month uh, I came home the first day on hormones. I take them. I hide them. Cause I'm like, who knows? Maybe my mom's going to throw another fit and, and like throw them out the window. Yeah. So I like hide them and I'm like, I record on TikTok and that was like my little TikTok, like where I started um, really documenting my transition. I was like, hi, my name is Santa Catharios and today is my first day on estrogen. And that was like, that was me like going through basically hormone replacement therapy and just like starting to navigate my transition through social media. But let me ask you about your voice because your voice is so like, you sound like a, you know, a woman, you are a woman now, but like back yeah, then sure. was it, hi, it was it, hi, my name is Sienna, I'm taking my first thing of estrogen or did you, did you create this voice beforehand? Because I feel like that is something you could do. Hormone therapy, like let's say Buck Angel, like yeah. he, he used to sound more like feminine and everything and like the testosterone is basically the reason he sounds like so masculine but the thing is for estrogen like one of the like downsides is that estrogen is not as powerful as testosterone and oh. the moment you have had exposure to testosterone estrogen cannot like really alter your voice like it can suppress any further changes mm -hmm. but the rest is like vocal training personally because of the fact that i had barely any testosterone in me yeah my voice was always like relatively female range like oh always interesting within the female range mm -hmm. maybe a little bit deeper than this but uh the thing with me and that's what i was telling like what i was gonna say earlier is that i to basically convince people into not bullying me because I was bullied so much even before I told anyone even before I told people that I like boys or that I was this was like really early people always like clocked my voice and they were like why do you sound like a girl why do you walk like a girl oh, so I so I would literally force my voice I would go home and do like even though I would cry through it because I hated it like I would train my voice to become masculine which is like crazy just so I don't get bullied oh I right you were trying to hide it yeah 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 okay so you always had but you did find out later on that you did have low testosterone to begin with so maybe exactly. that was in play correct thank god <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah this is my natural voice right now but I I've also, like, I can, let's say, deepen it if I really try, which is, like, funny. So, 
Um, but going through that process, it yeah. was like, it was crazy, like with um, the hormonal changes. But within a month of hormones, my parents, it was getting really, really violent. And my mom paid a lawyer. Like, I think I think it was like 10K. Like, it was like a ridiculous amount. So we could like fast track this letter and, and like basically write that I was abusive. But what was the point of that letter? To get you out of the house it, or to literally, get you to Because she didn't have the right to legally take me out of the house because I was in studies. Okay. And they were they have to like provide a roof over my head and food legally while I'm in studies under the age of 24 I think so I I was like I was like look bitch you can't get me out so she was like look I'm gonna write this letter and blah, blah. so she literally went out of her way like a crazy and like had this lawyer basically bullshit this letter that the moment I opened it the pdf file that she sent me through email I was like there is no fucking way this bitch is serious because on the letter it said Oh, yeah, I was informed that you have been abusive and violent. I was like, there is no way that this bitch is literally putting on, like, everything that I went through onto her, literally, like, appropriating my story and then using it to get me out of the house. I was like, there is no way. She couldn't watch it. She couldn't. Yeah, that's terrible. How did your dad feel? My dad was more accepting, honestly. Um, But he he didn't want to go through me and my mom. It was like it was like having to choose between, like, like a rock in a hard place. It was like, how do you choose? So he kind of stayed neutral. He stayed out of it because he didn't want, he couldn't stick up for you and he didn't want to go against her. And so did my brothers. And I resented them completely for it for the longest time because I was like, how the fuck do you see your sister get hurt every single day and have to fight alone against this? Like, and you do nothing like, and yeah, obviously like when you see your mom, like, like tormenting herself mentally and telling and like basically brainwashing your brothers into oh your sister look what she's doing she's killing the family she's killing the values she has no values so like obviously they're going to be brainwashed yeah but at the same time like i resented them because i'm like who's on my side like what the fuck of course yeah nobody's there for you and are, are you close with your brothers now i'm close with my twin okay that's good but what about your father no it was like there was so many on and off periods with my dad like he was trying to like be there but like his definition of trying was like not even the bare minimum it was like and I'll get into that and then it's like when I moved out like I actually ended up moving out a month after and I moved out I was going from like place to place I was I think I moved out like over three times in a year which is insane like especially I was a full-time student so it was like mentally draining like as fuck plus you're also transitioning me. at this time right plus so you got I was those hormones got raging so imagine your body. yeah imagine pregnancy level hormones every single day of your life when you're going to full-time student double majoring in psychology and women and gender studies and dealing with the whole thing that's going on with your family and now you're moving and moving out yeah, that's and crazy. That's i don't know how i didn't kill myself girl honestly yeah but I managed and um, my dad at the beginning helped me move out and then he tried to like be there. Then he was like seeing it. He was seeing the womanhood in me. He was like, okay, like this is happening. Um, and he like accepted it, but he didn't want to fully like show that he accepted it. So he was always doing this bare minimum shit. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, I'll help you. I love you. And it was like gaslight because I'm like, if you love me, do more bits. Like, you know, like how are my brothers still living at home and you love them? But me, you love me and you can only get me like... of groceries a month. Like, be fucking for real. Like, what am I going to do with that? Shove it up my ass? Like, anyways. So, is that when you started like dancing for money? Because, no, no, not even. I tried to be a good girl at the beginning. Okay, but how were you living at that time, being so young and going to school? Like, how are you supporting yourself to live outside of the house? 
Who supported and, your operations? So that's where we're getting to. The okay. thing is, um, then I was like basically like half-assing my life. Like I was like super suicidal, financial stress, like mm-hmm. everything, everything, everything. Uh, and that year I got sexually assaulted two times because I was going out and like I was literally raped. And like I, I, I also went through that mentally. Is that when you were dressed as a woman out of the house? Like outside? Yeah. And I... Uh, the thing is with me, I passed really quickly. I started hormones and within the second month, like I walked down the street and I looked like a little girl. Like I did yeah. look young. Yeah. I did look like little titties, but it was giving girl pretty mm-hmm. early. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky. But the thing is, um, people fetishize trans girls a lot, especially like these older men. And like when they see a vulnerable trans girl who just left the house and who's mentally unstable and who's out with their friends, what are they going to do? So I was like, um like I had my drink like all like messed with and like and oh, wow. ever since that day I don't drink and I have still like I had flashbacks of my of like that rape scene like so many times and it's like it completely fucked they me over. roofied you yeah wow. that's scary <laughs> and, shit that didn't go down in my age but in my time but that's that's like a real thing that happens and anyone could do it I mean that's a dangerous thing exactly and then i told my parents and they were like well we knew it was gonna happen i'm like there is no way this is their response like my mom was like well it was about to happen i was like they're trying to make you feel like you're getting punished for being a a female i mean please yeah exactly that's that's sick that's a sick shit yeah your mother has like what problems i mean those are that's all that stuff says something about her not i know my mom is narcissistic because she was growing up to like help my she really wanted to like make her parents proud so she lived a life for them and I w- when I was growing up it, I was always surrounded with a mentality like she would always tell me if I wanted to like girls I could if I wanted to be a man and cut my hair short I can't it's all about a choice and I'm like hmm I'm asking myself questions and I'm like maybe maybe it's down the bloodline there is some denial like yeah you know? <laughs> maybe that's why she um you know listen I mean she might have been you might have been a really tough mirror for her to look at like you were everything that she ever wanted to be that she could never be you know I mean like that sometimes happens sometimes that that parent that hates that kid they hate that kid the most because it reminds them of themselves you know she literally she literally would tell people she's like I fell in love with who she was before now I literally like can't look at her I'm like but in my head I was like there is no way bitch so um then it was like I was trying to better my relationship with my parents I was trying to like still and even when I was hearing these hurtful statements I loved them more than I hated what they were saying so yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. you know I'm still gonna work for the relationship they were like kind of coming over doing some little things here and there like we were going for food every six months so we can say hi and I felt really like under sustained it was like what the fuck like how are you gonna like barely do anything for me and expect me to like be there for you but I was like settling for this behavior I was like there I'm gonna be okay with it and they were barely giving me anything else in return I was able to that like that was like after like one and a half years, one one whole year of putting up with that shit. I was like, look, no more. Um, the, I like from the beginning of my transition, I was like starting with the paperwork for like vaginal plasties. Like here in Montreal, we have the best clinic in all of Canada, which was literally a minute away from where I used to live, which is insane. What's the name of it? <laughs> it's called GRS Montreal, Gender mm-hmm. Reassignment Surgery Montreal, and. Uh, I think it's Metropolitan, like, surgery, like, whatever. Um, the address is 999, like, uh, <laughs> Salaberry Street. I remember it by heart. And I, that, that year, like, here in Montreal, since I was diagnosed with gender dysphoria and followed up with therapists, like, 
through that whole year of transitioning. Um, it was fast track, but it was very well supervised and, yeah. and like, um, and I was able to have my bottom surgery covered oh, like, wow. by insurances, which was $30,000. <laughs> Wow. Tell me about the surgery. Like, were you nervous or just like, I mean, you must have been excited because the like, I went in there, I went in there, I signed the paperwork. I was like, just do it. Just do it. The doctor was like, do you have anything? To, like, are you scared? I was like, make her look like Barbie and just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and now what do they tell you about orgasms? Is there a big risk that you could never have an orgasm again? Like, how does that work? If you did have orgasms in the past, if you were able to at least have one orgasm in the past, usually your sexual function is um, kept. And oh, good. Considering That's the cool. Fact that, considering the fact that my, the, the surgeon who performed on me, which is Dr. Prasar, Pierre Prasar, he did kill the surgery. It went amazing. I did have complications because they forgot that I was anemic after I lost all that blood, which basically almost had me dead in the ER a oh month my God, later. Scary, yeah. If you lost, which lost I was all that blood? crying for my life. Oh yeah, like in the bathtub of my best friend's place, recovering. Oh it was, my God, the scariest thing ever. And thank you to her, Cecilia. Like that's her name, and she was like the sweetest person ever. Her mom too. Like they they did sacrifice like like the place so I could be able to heal, which is amazing. And I'm like super grateful. How for long that. is that surgery? The surgery, is yeah. like, I think it was like a three-hour surgery. Three yeah. hours. So they they create what I mean. Did you come out? Oh shit! I don't know that sound. Did you come out with a Barbie pussy? I mean, you're like make me look like Barbie. Oh no! Like it looked like it looked like a shishtauk. Like it looked completely like <laughs> like 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 it was crazy. I, I looked at it and I was like, I was super happy. I was crying. I'm like, thank God the other thing isn't there. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was still like, what the fuck is this? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does it look like when you first come out? It, like I, super stuffed with like a bunch of tissues for the to stop the bleeding. Oh like, my god. It looks literally like a swollen, like in like bruised, bloody um, croissant. <laughs> wow! And how long before you really get to see exactly what you have going down? Honestly, yeah. After a month, two months, and I was taking care of it properly with mm -hmm. like the everything, like the sits baths and everything, and like uh, after a month, two months. Well, I had a my little little hemorrhage, you know, like almost died, but yeah. whatever. Because <laughs> you have it, and where was it coming out? It was come, like because they put a like a inside vaginal canal in you, right? You have the same yeah. thing that I have going down there, exactly, right? yeah. but it was coming out through my urethra, the blood. It was like oh, so bad, really? wow. yeah, through there and through the bottom incisions. Like it was just the blood was super like bad, and uh, and my punani she was like my pussy was swollen so it's like on top of that it's like i had to keep the catheter in for an extra like week which can create more risk of urinary tract infections but mm -hmm. thank god i was like i was going crazy on that cranberry juice so i think she like <laughs> she did her job <laughs> wait so wait so two months later you look down and you have like a real looking pussy like it's all the whole thing is, is just... real looking but the 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 part where they like stitch and like did the incisions mm -hmm. you can still see like that there was like incisions and stuff but it's funny because like i started hooking up with guys like after like three months and i still could tell but like they didn't even notice and i was like wow. okay and you could <laughs> orgasm right away I w the orgasms came like at, at four months in. I could wow. orgasm and I was like, oh my God, this feels insane. What's the difference between like, I'm assuming you had orgasms when you had your penis. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Like, what's I, the I, I love, I love anal. Like, I mean, oh. I'm still an anal queen <laughs> and that hits so hard. Like I do anal, my, my pussy like gets wet as hell. So I'm like really like crazy on that. But at the same time, 
um, it's, it's, it's the same, it's, it's the same intensity. It's a different like kind of feeling though. It's like, it's like, I don't know how to explain it, but I never did have like a orgasm through my penis. Cause I oh, would never really? touch that. Never, ever, ever touch that. It was, it was anal and vaginal and I'm very clitoral through vaginal and it works like insanely good. Vibrator is always fully charged. She's my best friend. <laughs> right. But your pussy gets wet. It, get, it you have like you, you know you get fucked in the vagina like you like you everything. have a clit like you have uh, everything. everything you don't get do you get periods I know that sounds like a very no, dumb question no, no I don't I've already had like uh, I already I do get periods sometimes meaning like the PMS kind of like yeah yeah, yeah. aspect of it like yeah, the, the hormones, hormones like the mm-hmm. but the the blood no because you don't have ovaries and eggs right there like, we go. You just... no none of that and the moment I got my surgery that was like completely like done done and my testosterone is like lower than cis females just because of the fact that I not like because of my hormones that I was on for so long and because of the surgery like my testosterone suppression is like at a max plus my estrogen levels are skyrocketing like normal female like range is between 300 and 900 and I'm at like 3900 which is insane wow is that why you have that big ass I mean when did you get the did you you said you had two surgeries like what was the second surgery like you had bottom the surgery, surgery mm-hmm. was my nose oh yeah your nose job right okay. I recently had it just because I couldn't like really look at my face anymore not that I felt ugly but I was just like I had too many associations with my past and too many like trauma flashbacks and I was like no we're not doing this so I went to Turkey and I came back two weeks ago and I had my nose job oh, and wow I was, able to finally cover that and that's like basically the last part of the story of the like is basically where um I was like fuck lifeguarding I was like I am not gonna settle for being the daddy's little good girl when daddy is giving me not even the bare fucking minimum of parenthood um so I was like you know what I'm sexy as fuck I am gonna sell the fantasy and like you know like why do I have all this attitude why am I singing singing Nikki and Cardi but not like making it happen for myself like and I thought of myself like am I really gonna be able to have the body of my dreams the lifestyle of my dreams no I'm gonna be this like ratchet little bitch begging for rights like I'm like absolutely not so I became a stripper how do wait could I just ask you how did you get your stripper curves I mean because you you know how that's like your real honestly the gym and um and estrogen it as I said like female puberty hit me like a bus like the stretch marks at the beginning were insane because of the how fast my body stretched in terms of my hips and my ass Mm -hmm. um and um the thighs too like covered in stretch marks everything happens so fast yeah my ass is natural. My hips are natural. My thighs are natural. My boobs are natural. Everything's natural. Wow. And so you go to, when you go to like strip, right? And that first time you go in and you got to dance for them, do you explain to them that you're trans? Never. <laughs> and, and there were issues regarding some places because I was big on TikTok at that point and people told like would see me and they were like oh my god that's Tiana from TikTok and they would literally tell my bosses they're like oh you know she's trans right and like there were a few places that had issues with it and it doesn't even make sense because I'm post-op I'm like fully female like yeah, right. transition mm-hmm. so I'm like what's your problem but some some people still had issues and gave me a hard time but I ended up finding places that were accepting of me and now I can not only make my money but I can make my money feeling safe and like loved and like well surrounded which is like fundamental in terms of like you need that for a workplace like if your workplace doesn't make you feel security and like safety then I feel like it's like a shit workplace you know yeah how long you been uh dancing for I've been dancing for like around like 
seven months. I started in end of November. And um, it's been going like great, honestly. Like I've, I had a lot of like issues at the beginning. Like I got, I got robbed and like, like there was a guy who attempted to pimp me and like, it was like crazy. Yeah. Don't even get me started with that. But well, yeah, now you live in the girl's world. I mean, you know, it's a little, yeah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. But the thing is now I'm, I've, I've become like my own mom kind of, I've taken care of myself. Mm-hmm. I make my bread. <laughs> I am not complaining. I'm a really good hustler in my opinion. But wait, you're completely passable, right? As a trans woman, like, do you like to be called a trans woman or do you feel like you're just a woman? Like, what is the, like- I feel like I'm both. And there was a phase where I was like telling people, Oh yeah, I'm a girl. Like, and I didn't even tell disclose the trans aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. I literally took out all my TikToks. I took them down about being trans. And I was like, look, I'm going to pretend to be, this Sienna that was like born like fully female and not trans because the discrimination that you get when people do when you tell people you're trans is not fun in like 50% of the time and especially in the world of stripping and that was before I found places that accepted me so I'm like look since some places are not accepting they're just not gonna know yeah um and then same thing happened with like having sex like I wouldn't tell men I would like and my type is like big strong over six feet like <laughs> yeah. arab men who have like these beards and buzz cuts and like look super <laughs> like macho and like like that's my type and, like a lot of the time they're muslim too so it's like even more like oopsies like if you don't tell them you're trans like it, it ends like very pretty you know like <laughs> oh my god how many times have you told the guy and like what were the responses if you told them after the fact I literally would never tell them. And I, I told them I, there was some where like they showed their friends. They're like, look, I hooked up with this girl or like I started dating this girl. She's so pretty. Um, like she, like her and my pussy looks fat. Like she looks fat, but super pretty, super <laughs> symmetrical, but she's fat. <laughs> what do you mean fat? Like, like plump? Like, what do you mean? Like fat? plump, like, yeah. like lip fillers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> And uh, the, and that's the thing. And then they were like, oh, my God, she's perfect. They're, the friends were like, I used to see her on TikTok. She's trans. And when an Arab guy who's like, who's grew up his whole life being told that like trans is bad and that it's men in wigs and they don't know the full story behind it. Yeah. Obviously, they have like a preconceived notion, which is false, but still like there so a lot of them did like call me at like 3 a.m and be like what the fuck you didn't tell me you're trans and it was the funniest thing ever i was like bitch be fucking for real it did suck to like have some guys that i did actually fall in love with yeah like have issues with it Mm -hmm. um or at least that i was catching feelings for but um but I mean, look, it was also kind of fun. Like it, it, it felt validating at first to like be able to like have sex with men, like my type, a hundred percent. I'm the one being chased. I don't even have to do any work. I'm just sitting there being a little princess, little passenger princess, everything. So you, your gender identity is, you know, you're female. What about your sexual identity? Are you strictly into men? Are you into men and women? Like, what do you? So I think before hormones, I was like, I'm, I'm into men, like men, 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 men. Yeah. And I was boy crazy. And then mm-hmm. the thing is now I'm like definitely bisexual. I do mainly go for men, sadly, uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, that's just how life has been so far to me. But um, I, I'm very open to finding the girl that like is able to compliment me. Plus there's so many like um, I think issues regarding like me with men, like sex could be really cool. Like I love being like daddy's little bitch, but yeah. at the same time um, like I, 
it's hard for me to like, especially after the trauma I've been through to just get sexual really fast. So now I've like kind of closed up on that until I find the right guy. Like daddy's little cum slide is not coming out. You're not going <laughs> to see her until I feel safe. Yeah. And now do you feel like now, like where are you at right now? Girls get me more. Girls just understand. Like they understand the need for emotional connection before sexual intimacy in many cases. And that feels comforting. But right now I'm at the point where I'm like thinking of my money. I'm thinking of my future that I'm going to like start investing in real estate. I'm thinking of my reputation. I'm thinking of the image I'm creating for myself and I'm making it happen for myself. Like I'm going to invest at the end of the year, hopefully in real estate. I'm um, traveling. I'm open to potentially getting other surgeries, even though I don't think I need any. <laughs> no, and, um, you don't. Don't start going to the place where then you start to right. look bizarre and that you had surgery. You're right. Now you just look very natural. <laughs> Let me ask you Thank this you. though: when I when I said like, yeah. where are you now? Like, I mean, like now, do you feel like when you meet someone, if you're looking for a relationship or something, that you're straight up about you know the fact that you're Being trans, trans, so that you don't have to deal with them finding out afterwards and then maybe them having a problem, like you know weed out the trash in the beginning and just let them right you're so right the thing is I for the longest time I was like I'm not gonna tell them I'm trans it was more like because I want to date like straight men who don't fetishize me even and now I'm post-op they don't really fetishize me as much even though I'm still like very oh like taboo for some people and they find that sexy or whatever I find I'm like yeah, but you're working on that because that. you do have an OnlyFans and I'm assuming... I am monetizing use... off of it, but at the same time, like, I'm monetizing off of the oh, fact okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I will disclose, but... And it's it's kind of like the moment I found an accepting workplace, I was like, look, there is a possibility for me to be accepted fully as like who I am and not just partially because even though I am female I do also happen to be trans so right and I did want to live my life fully as both female and as trans because I can't just like pretend the first like 18 years of my life 17 years 16 years of my life didn't happen yeah so I'm like I will still be trans and also with all the stupid laws being passed in the U.S. I was like this bitch needs to advocate for her community yeah that's what I was gonna say I mean you're like a great voice for people like you I mean who else that could understand uh, you know, people going through that and experiencing what you experienced. And, and I'm trying to show people that like ethnic, ethnic, ethnic people who are trans and who do go through discrimination, loss of family, sexual abuse can become these like girl bosses who basically like latch on, latch from the patriarchy. Like we literally use the patriarchy to our advantage and we basically girl boss our way into success. And I'm like, I want to be a role model to show these young trans kids that it will happen for them. They just need to keep fighting even when they feel like the last thing they want to do is get up in the morning. Like I want to show them that it is a possibility. So now I do tell men. You're somebody who went through, I mean, Listen, some people have it easier. They have parents that do accept it and are very helpful, and it's still hard for them. I mean, you had it the worst. I mean, your parents were not only not into it, I mean, they were physically abusive. I mean, you were really facing a, a brick wall, and you still were able to overcome it and move forward and do what you wanted to do for yourself. So you kind of like beat all the odds. So I think it's like your story is really important to somebody else. Yeah, for sure. 
And now I hear like Blair White and like all these other trans like influence where I'm like, I'm like, y'all are half assing this shit. Like be fucking for real. Like be successful, be pretty, make sense, but still support your community. Like why the fuck are y'all here trying to backstab us to get like minimal, like minimal respect from the conservatives, like very like momentary respect just to put your community down. Like y'all bitches are losing your rights. Like, and I'm here having to fight for them while still looking after myself. And something I like learned is that sometimes um, you want to fight for survival. Sometimes the survival of your community, all you can do is like fight for your own survival. And that does count in your, the survival of your community. But I feel like the moment you can advocate for more people, it is your duty and your responsibility. And as a trans person now who is open and I do tell men pretty much right off the bat, unless it's a hookup, hookup, I honestly don't give a shit because I'm not going to see those people again. But, um, not that I have many of those due to trauma, but, um, but yeah, now I tell people off the bat and I'm very open about being trans. I put it on TikTok again. I'm starting to become, again that voice that I used to be just even louder and even more in my opinion powerful because I'm in a more I'm in a better position I'm post-op fully yeah, transitioned yeah. making my bank saving g- traveling like I am becoming that person that I you know used to cry at night hoping that one day I could see so that's why my my bio on Instagram is like be- became the doll I wish I could play with as a little girl and I feel like that's kind of powerful <laughs> Yeah, that is amazing. I'm so glad your friend told you to call in because like I said, I really, you know, somehow someone alerted me to Buck Angel. I'm like, oh, I'd love to have one, you know, this side of the story. because It's very extreme. You know, I, I, I like to show all sides of things. Like I said, I was very For glad sure. that I had once a, a parent on, you know, that parent was much more, uh, it was very different than your parent. They were just upset about it, but accepting, you know, um, I think it's, there's so many different views of this uh, but what a great uh, view you have as somebody who fully transitioned. Who I think it's super important to yeah. tell people that yeah. like gender dysphoria is something serious. It's a condition we do suffer from. Mm-hmm. Um, being trans is not a mental illness, but suffering from gender dysphoria is a condition that we do. And in my opinion, someone who does not have gender dysphoria cannot be trans. Like that's why we do go through the medical process, the the like psychological process of being assessed, of being diagnosed, of being followed up. And it is super important. But at the same time, the moment that is assessed and fully like done, like a transition shouldn't be compromised. And whether the person is a kid and they're 15 or whether they're 18, they should have the right to like be who they are because in most cases it is life-saving. And for people who are watching or hearing in the U.S. and have trans friends or like people in their family like I think you should like the, the what we need the most honestly is social support but we also do need to be advocated for so that we have the right to just like medically be assisted into surviving and that's what people don't understand is being trans is not a choice being trans is who we are and in a lot of cases like we do this only to survive and sometimes at the cost of more than just comfort zone but like family like safety and we compromise all that so imagine like how hard how like necessary it is if we're willing to compromise our safety and our family which in most cases are things that nobody should ever even have to choose between you wouldn't be doing that if it was a phase i mean like that you know what you have to go through right (laughs) i was like serious business well like it's not it's not just hair extensions and makeup it's surgery it's it's everything it's 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 leaving behind a whole life to start a new one so you can be happy and authentic like 
and one day hopefully I do become a mom and um and but until then we're gonna hustle and make it happen because I'm gonna be that bitch like passive income is gonna be my middle name and I'm well, gonna make so sure speaking of your income why don't you give out your OnlyFans so people could go and sign up my there. OnlyFans is literally Santa Catharios uh I spell that like again consistently. it's the same thing as my Instagram so s-i-e-n-n-a-k-a-t-h-a-r-i-o-s um, I post very consistently and you guys can go check out my custom little coochie and my all natural little self-made body that I, I'm good at moving around. So that's what they'll get if they go on your OnlyFans. They'll see all that kind of stuff, correct? Uh, yeah. And I can get, uh, I can definitely get, um, more private requests, uh, in my DMs. Yeah, well, listen, like I, I wanted to give out your Instagram early on in the call so people could just check you out and see like what I saw when I first called in. I'm like, oh, I don't know what this little girl, you know, you look young, of course. Right. And I'm like, oh, she's maybe she's a stripper or something. I don't know. And she's going to talk about all the guys she fucks. I didn't know what you were calling in for. I had no idea because I don't I mean, I'm I read pretty your hardcore and I feel like it would be another like whole thing like to talk about what I'm into sexually like due to trauma. I also do fetishize like being degraded and stuff and like, well, the we whole, could like, do hardcore. a part two why don't we do a part two and you know we'll air it like one after the other we could do you have i think we could definitely do that (laughs) but this is your part one which is your whole backstory it's super interesting i'm gonna put your link tree in my uh description you know i love that you know you're just a regular girl who transitioned and went through like a very typical you know, it's a it's a typical story, you know, you and I think that it's, other people that feel like you can relate. Cases, but like overall, like it is like a narrative that many people can relate to. So anyway, Sienna, thanks so much for calling in. We're going to talk again. OK, you're going to call no in for problem. part two. Let me know. Let me know when you're going to air it. I'll, I'll send you my link for you. All right. Awesome. And I'm going um, uh, em- to DM you on Instagram to set up the part two. OK, perfect. OK, bye. OK, bye. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, Subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics, and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests, as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast that's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast the link is also in the description below thanks so much for listening